We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Damn! We're in a tight spot. Welcome to Music Town. May I service you? Great Scott! It will never be enough! I only want to hear you, you ding dong! Ah, as if! Dignity. Always dignity. Hello, you're listening to You Watched What. I'm Amy. And I'm Kate. And this week we did the 1996 cult classic Baz Luhrmann's take on William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. I love it. I love that William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet is the official is, title. Yeah, which I had forgotten about until like this Sat week. Sat down to watch yeah. it again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, it actually is William Shakespeare's Romeo and Romeo plus Juliet. Yes, Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> Got to get it right. I love it's not a story that has been told by other people. There are other Shakespeare plays that have, mm. there are multiple tellings. Mm. So I love that his name is in this one as if we were going to make the mistake. Yeah, no. Well, we might confuse it with Nomeo and Juliet, which my children watched yesterday. And it does (laughs) clarify for the audience that, yeah, this is the – we're not doing a modern take on it. We are doing the play in a modern setting. Yes. Okay. I've explained it around to – for it to make sense for why they well, that's chose it. to do that. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs> Bye. How are you? I'm okay. Yep. Yep. All good here. Good, good. We're on slight COVID watch. We've been mm. around a few cases in the last week. So, but we're all traveling okay. Good, good. So far, so good. See how we are next week. <laughs> Cross our fingers. Yeah, it's. Oh, it's a bit of a time in the world. I don't really – I feel like this podcast exists to be like fun, light conversation and distraction, so I don't mm. want to get into it. But it's impossible to pretend that things aren't pretty yeah. dire. What have you been watching? Have you been watching anything? Oh, goodness. So I didn't write anything down this week. But we have – we did watch Murderville. Oh, we watched cool. the first three episodes – Really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the improv yeah. murder mystery show, With Will which Arnett. I basically describe. I sent you. I think I sent you a text message saying, "Oh, it's thank God you he- you're here, murder edition." Yep. <laughs> like, um, it's it was really it's really mm. really good. My favorite parts are when they're so bad that they just start laughing. Yeah, and occasionally when Will Arnett has to cover his mouth to pretend he's not laughing, he does a good job the best. of hiding it. But it is always the really look down fun. and the covering of the mouth when someone can make him. Crack. I think so far. So I've seen um, Conan. I've seen the football player whose name eludes me. I'm going to look it up because he deserves to be called out. Yeah, he was really, he good. Was really good. And I can't remember the third one that what? I saw. Kumail Nanjani. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he's good. He's really good. But I, mean, I think I loved Conan the best. I'm a bit of a Conan, Conan fan. Conan was and a lot he, of fun. I felt that he just dived in a bit kind of like, all right, so – here we go. Like, he was really, really good. I thought he was really, really funny. 
I think Kumail was fantastic. They were all were. They all were. The acting background and the stand-up background and, and he and Conan both are very, very fast. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch is the was... footballer. I thought he was brilliant. He was a bit off the hook in some some yes, parts, he was. but he like just went there. Like he I loved the part that he had to tackle something. Like he just took it on himself to tackle someone. Yeah. Like he just he committed hard, and it was like, oh, well, you have to. What a revelation! He really reminded me of. In Thank God You're Here, whenever Hamish Blake was on, Thank God You're Here. Yeah. That's how Hamish Blake kind of took on that show. I feel like just. Mm. Happy to do the physical stuff. Happy just to dive, yep. dive in that way. But that was really good. The other thing that I've been watching is Euphoria. <gasps> Finally, TikTok got to the better of me, mm-hmm. and it was TikToks that were like from people going, "This is my opinion from other TikToks after <laughs> never of seeing Euphoria before, <laughs> and just kind of seeing." And then I was like, I've got to see how – because these are all the assumptions as people that haven't watched the show but watch TikToks have of the characters. So I needed to kind of see. And I think we're all pretty. TikTok has been pretty true. Mm. And I think I had a fair idea of who everybody was. Yeah, so I finished the first season. Um, Yeah, it's intense but good. The the style of it's – really good there's one particular episode where they're at a carnival okay and i think labyrinth does all the music for it and the same track is played the whole pretty much the whole hour and the it just goes up and down where it needs to mm-hmm. and it's amazing it makes the the um episode it's really awesome. really good it's probably the my favorite one um, so I've got to get into season two now and find out about this play. I'm dying to get to the play episode because that's just <laughs> everywhere, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about it, I think. I don't think there's been much else. Oh, a little bit of maths happening of in course, my house. Of course. <laughs> Even after I swore last year, I wouldn't wasn't going to watch it again. Hasn't been as painful this year because they got rid of the narcissistic dickhead within the first few episodes. Okay, he, good. he was booted. So <laughs> good. Yeah, mm. hasn't been too painful. Fair enough. What have you been watching, Kate? Bugger all. <laughs> I have been playing Horizon Forbidden West, new video game been fully sucked in so i'd played the previous one so it's a sequel and you've got this basically it's a post-apocalyptic north america Mm, they all seem to be like that well i mean it feels (laughs) every game my husband plays is pretty much north america post-apocalyptic well the the last of us well the apocalypse is like gonna happen really soon amy so It's pertinent. Post-apocalyptic America, you're a young redhead lady with lots of bows and arrows and she shoots them at dinosaur robots. Mm. That's, you know, it's very high level I'm review. sure there's more blood than it, you've made it sound. I mean, she also stabs people with a spear yeah. and shoots them with arrows. Okay. And then later you get different kinds of arrows like explosive arrows, fire arrows, electricity arrows, many kinds of arrows. Electricity arrows. You know, and you shoot a person and then they get electrocuted. A bit, oh, yeah. a bit of a zap, zap. Yeah. Acid arrows. Anyway, acid arrows. If you like video games where you get to spend some time and thought building your, you know, your loadout for different kinds of um, 
opponents, mm-hmm. you may enjoy the Horizon games. Okay. Actually, something I did start, and I, um, there's about half a season now on streaming, Abbott Elementary. Did I talk about this last week? Hi. So it's a primary school in Philadelphia that mm-hmm. has no money and it's in that the office, parks and rec, faux documentary style. Mm-hmm. And so far it seems quite funny. Okay. Dang! So this episode we watched William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet from 1996, an adaptation of the epic, classic, tragic, romantic play. Mm-hmm. Amy, this was your pick. It was my pick. It's my – I think I looked back and when we first started this podcast, we did our top ten movies. We did. And I looked back and this is my number three pick. Wow. So it is up there. But I also noticed then that um, Romy and Michelle didn't even get a look in in my top ten, which I feel is incorrect. I don't know how that happened. Maybe when we get to our anniversary, which will be – our anniversary episode will be soon. Oh. We'll we might to. need to revisit our top tens and make sure yeah. that they were right. Like, um, I don't feel like I've added anything, but I just feel there was an oversight with Romy and Michelle. Yeah, maybe. I – couldn't count properly and I put um, Spirited Away on my list twice. <laughs> I love that movie so much. So I'm glad we have covered it in the in the year we've been doing this, the almost a year we've been doing yeah. this. So, yeah, it was my number three. Mm. It was, I think, a really important movie mm-hmm. to me growing up. Yeah. Came out when I was in year nine and that came out at the time we were actually studying Romeo and Juliet in yeah. English. So I think that's why it was – so heavily, um, yeah, in my life at that time, like when I was a teen, like it was everywhere. I feel like it came out prior to us reading the book though. And I I feel I saw it maybe... Summer holidays? Yeah. I I feel I saw it mm. two or three times at the movies with various girlfriends. Yeah. Like my dancing friends, I'm pretty sure we went and saw it together and then I went and saw it with some school friends and I'm pretty sure then you and I went and saw it together. We definitely saw it together one of those times and in my memory it was summer holidays. I'd have to check the release dates. But it feels like it was hot weather. We Mm. had free time. We were old enough to go into the city. I think... I rem- definitely remember seeing it at, at Airport West. Okay, cool. At some point too. But yeah, I did, I'm pretty sense. sure I saw it three times. So I, we could wow. have been in the city as well. This was my heavily like Leonardo mm. DiCaprio uh, infatuation love stage. So it doesn't surprise me I saw it three times no, in the movie. Not at all. Um, but watching it again for the first time in a few years really just reminded me that. We were the perfect age for this. Mm. We were the target audience. Well, Claire Dane spot is on. exactly in between. We're two years apart and Claire yeah. Dane is like in between us. Yeah, basically. if we'd gone to school, she would have been in the year level between us. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're our age. Yeah. So, <laughs> And the characters are a bit younger or, yeah. uh, or about that well, age. Well, they're meant so, to be yeah. 14, I think. Yeah, that's insane. That's, I, was, I always thought 16, but in my recent – studying of it they're 14 yeah that's wild that's so young that's babies yeah good thing it's not real Mm. (laughs) 
But yeah, I think then because my memory is that we did have to watch it again in English class. You are so lucky. So it must yeah. have then had come out on VHS yeah, or something. by the time you did it. Yeah. Because I was, yeah, two years ahead of you in school and we had to do the Franco Zeffirelli version, which uh-huh. is... No, our teachers were probably going, oh, thank God there's a new one. <laughs> I bet because that movie is just really hard to engage with as Especially a as teenagers, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that's why it's done so well and that's why Baz Luhrmann, did it. I um he did it because he found studying Shakespeare as a young person really hard and hard yeah. to relate and he wanted to make it like show people Shakespeare can be relatable to everyone. Yeah, it was pop the popular culture of its time. Yeah. It was playing, you know, from kings and queens to you know peasants. It was it mm. was for everyone. It's as you, you, you know, get into studying it, full of lewd jokes. Yes. Like it's 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 rude and sassy and funny. It's, yeah, it's the popular culture of its time. Mm-hmm. It's like saying soap operas are only like high culture and filming them in these really <laughs> austere, really distant ways. It's really hard to get into studying Shakespeare at school when that's the approach and the only versions you've got are these like, f- you know, filmed versions of plays or mm. 50s and 60s versions of movies that are really you just feel so detached from it. And you're like, yeah. what am I getting out of this? The language is hard to follow. It is hard to follow. And if I, it's if you're reading it or if it's in a, yeah. a filmed version that's, you know, very that's saying true to, you know, well that's four hundred years ago. Well I don't even think that is true to four hundred years ago. I think it's like this yeah. it's literature and we have to be very yeah, serious. That's it's like true. That can't have been what it was like. Yeah, no. And so a version like this was I think at a, at a time when they really started um, in film playing with how you could adapt it and make mm. it feel vital. And so you didn't have to understand every word. If you if it was being performed in a way you understood, you, you, you don't need – Well, look, the argument my girls have – like I watched this with my eldest and she had no trouble mm. following it. And there's yeah. language that she's never studied before, yeah. language she's never heard before – but she had no difficulty knowing what's going on. Yeah, exactly. I had the subtitles on this time for the first time and I was realising there's lines that I'm looking at going, oh, I've never actually understood so what that, those words. Yes. Like, oh, that's what they're saying. I but underst- you understood what was happening. Yeah. yeah. Because it's given context properly. Yeah. it's well, Credit to, to Bats because that's, oh. that's, I reckon, would be – that's a feat yes. to be able to do that. I was shocked when – I was doing some reading after watching it this week that it had really mixed reviews at the time. Did it really? Because nah, see, we were in the we were yeah. in the oh my god, that is the best. Yeah, kind it, was, of it was everyone they were all so beautiful and young yeah. and it was so vibrant and exciting and the soundtrack Oh pumps. the soundtrack was like the soundtrack of our generation for years. And we've talked about this before, but, yeah, that was the late 90s, early 2000s was a great era for contemporary music in mm-hmm. movie soundtracks Yeah, it was. Like, and I really noticed that again watching yeah. this time. It reminded me that they don't do soundtracks like that anymore. No, it's just like, not the fashion. No, it's it's not at all. And it's a shame. But also, you know, you watch a, TV shows. Mm. If you watch TV shows from the 90s, yeah. their credits – are, oh, are a chockers. song. Yeah. It's a song. Veronica Mars, for Veronica example. Mars. 
they had a we didn't get that out on DVD in Australia for years because they hadn't they had a lot of trouble sorting the licensing. They hadn't got licenses really? for all of the soundtrack. Okay, Orange County, Orange OC, County, OC. like they've all got like even um, Friends. It's all like mm-hmm. popular, like popular music. music. Yeah, and now. It's just not done like that anymore. You know what one show that does it really well? Sex Education. Oh, yeah, Sex Education. But that's a league in a league Mm -hmm. of its own, that show. That's just – Sean keeps watching Euphoria. Sean, my husband, keeps trying to draw comparisons to Mm -hmm. Sex Education. He's like, it is a little bit Sex Education. I'm like, yeah, it's it's probably as good. It's not as funny and it's not done as what – like – the topics aren't done as well, mm-hmm. but there's darker stuff on its own in Euphoria yeah. that makes it just as good, I guess. Yeah. A lot of penises in Euphoria. <laughs> I was a little bit startled. <laughs> well, we don't come from a time. No, we come from a time where it's all boobs. Like, Yeah, we don't come from a time when there's um, any full nudity, frontal male nudity Any nudity TV. is boobs. And this and Euphoria really, I think I've seen one vagina, but I reckon I've seen 200 penises. <laughs> like it's – there's a locker room scene, Kate. Oh. I, I was a bit startled and I'm okay. not a shy person, but no, I true. was a little bit startled. <laughs> One vagina and 200 penises. The euphoria <laughs> story. That's basically <sighs> it. Yeah. Bit of boobs, but yeah. mainly dicks. Hey, cool. <laughs> Another reason to add to the list to watch it. I can't remember oh, why we were up to we're, talking. We're talking <laughs> we, were to- we were talking about soundtracks. Oh, yeah. yeah, soundtrack like just slap. Oh, it's amazing. And it was fun going back. I haven't watched it in – I've watched it since then mm. um, but not for quite a few years. So going back a lot older and not feeling the same way about it but remembering how it made me feel at yes. 17 and, and 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 just feeling – I have very warm feelings to the, toward this movie mm. for just how much I loved it at the time it's and how so much I enjoyed it. It's so sentimental, isn't it, yeah. like in that way? It's, a, yeah. it's like a, it's a good nostalgia. It's not – an, you know, an overwhelming kind of cloying yeah. thing. But it was nice to watch it again and, and for it to have held up and feel, oh, no, this is still good. There's stylistic things that would be done differently mm. now, but. Yeah, well, it's been um, how long? I did th- 26 years? Yeah. Far out. That's a lifetime ago. It very like, much is. So, of course, there would be things Kids that would be the done. Year it came out are older than the main. Um, oh, than yeah. The well, Leo was 20. 20. So, Claire would yeah. have been, she was 17, 17 when it came out. So, so I think 16 she was when she yeah. filmed, probably. Did you know something else I learned? Natalie Portman was originally yes. cast, but then they did some um, screen tests and felt. Oh no, she's fourteen and she's too young. She looks too young, and she's making Leo look like he was molesting her. Was the quote? Yeah. I I, heard I also saw it. that quote. I don't know who the quote was from, but it was from Natalie Portman. Oh, okay, <laughs> and I just feel like that was a funny um, thing now in in the context of Leo and his much and his girlfriends who and his girlfriends. stay the same age. Yeah, he's twenty five year old girlfriends. Twenty five is <sighs> a bit different to fourteen. Let's. 
Also, put that out. <laughs> the, the age difference of if the 25 year old is the younger person and the older person is in their 40s, it's a different situation. situation. <laughs> but I just thought it was kind of funny in, in future context. But yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't realized that. And in hindsight, oh no. Actually, I understand why characters get aged up or they get cast as actors who are older now as yeah. an adult watching TV in a way that as a teen I was like, no, 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 put teens on the screen yeah, you just in these can't. roles. Because and then having actually like particularly where there's shows or TVs where it's based on a real character, like a real person, sorry, like biographical mm. stuff, mm. and you see a picture of how young a child looked at the time and then or, – or you, you know – realize you know someone who's like 12 or 13 and you look at them and you think oh, no that character couldn't be played mm. by someone that age it would be it's deeply upsetting yes and wrong yeah i feel they they both looked like i was actually a little bit startled that leo was 20 21 mm. because he looks i would have put him as 18 he still looks baby faced mm. enough to 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 pass as the teen, more so than some of the people that, you know, played teenagers in the OC and things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He he still had that baby face. That he could get away it with it. was well cast in that respect, I think. And Claire Dane's very baby faced. Yeah. And, I mean, we have the advantage now of having seen her grow up and see what she looks yeah. like now and see that, oh, yeah, no, she was um, – yeah, like beautiful. She's an, she's still an incredibly beautiful woman, but you could really see she still almost had that almost childlike mm. facial roundness that yeah. she lost quite quickly after that. Cause she was she was still a child. Yeah, well, she was after Natalie Portman kind of fell through. Mm. I think it was Jane Campion that recommended Baz look at my so called life, mm-hmm. which was. Never aired in Australia, but I saw it. How was that never aired in Australia? I remember watching it at our house. Because I had a friend who had a pen pal in Ireland who taped it and posted it over. What? And that's how we got to see it. Such a Get good show. Out. Yes. That guys, that's what we had to do before peer to peer file sharing. My God. Mm-hmm. I had no I just assumed it was on the ABC. No. Like I was oblivious to so that's for how years. we got to that's watch it. That's how we got to see it. Wow. Third hand from a foreign well, country. Well, no wonder Baz had never heard of her over yeah. here in Australia. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, thanks, Jane Campion. I also in – like we're just doing all of our research stuff up front, guys. Yeah. Fun facts. I've got some um, quotes and, and, and things from the cast that I'll save to the end, but Sarah Michelle Je- Geller had to oh. knock it back because she had scheduling problems. So after Natalie Portman fell through, it went to Really? Sarah. I didn't know that. I hadn't known that until this week either. And then, and then yeah, um, Claire Dane screen tested and Leo advocated for her yeah. as the best of the screen mm. tests that she well, really – Looked into his – like actually made eye contact. Got in his face and actually did it. Yeah. yeah. And she was like she was amazing in a. a she was so life, good. She? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine anyone else pulling this off. Not now because it's so burned into my mind. Yeah. And look, I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't know if she could have pulled it off as well. It would be a very different movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. She's too just buffy and badass for me to. Maybe. I've got yeah. I've got such a different. There's a harder edge under. All of Sarah Michelle Gellar's big roles, yeah. you know, there's a steeliness that would have been quite different. Mm. 
Interesting. So let's get into the movie. Mm-hmm. So we start with the prologue. Um, twice. Yes. I had forgotten that you get it twice. Yeah. So you, you get it just over the um, snapshots of all the players. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got your characters up front, which I think is really clever in this kind of format for you to know who everyone is going yeah. in. So there's no time wasted going, oh, who's, who's her? Especially like characters like um, Romeo's mum. Mm-hmm. You don't really see much. No. She's in a couple of scenes. Yeah. And you don't – and they're quick and there's a lot of words happening. Um, yeah. And you don't have time to work out who the hell this woman is basically. Yeah. So very, very clever. I loved that – and this is really early in the days of reality TV, but it felt like credits from either like a soap opera or, yeah, a, the hills or a reality or something. show. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of loved that. I didn't have that context at the time. But I love – how we start with the TV framing device mm-hmm. and have it just delivered by an anchor. It felt yes. really contemporary. It reminds me a little bit of how Strictly Ballroom starts with the faux documentary as a framing device before you come into yeah, the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a couple bits where they use uh, dialogue from others through the well, TV I feel that I love. Some- I haven't watched it in a little while, but I feel like he does something similar in Moulin Rouge as well. Like it, at the... S- it's but he's told, writing a letter, yeah, isn't he? It is. He starts right. off writing a letter. And so, he's telling the story yeah, after it's happened. I'd be interested to watch Great Gatsby mm. again and see if that's something that he does then. Maybe. And then I am so excited to see the Elvis movie yeah. coming out. I'm it better so be good. excited. Gave Tom and Rita COVID. It better be worth it. <laughs> well, Rita got, gave Tom COVID. <laughs> The Elvis movie okay, didn't actually, give. Yeah, the Elvis movie had nothing to do with it. It was, it was just <laughs> circumstantial. I hope that's good. I I think I might venture to the movies to see it, Ooh. actually. So, yeah, so we get the anchor it felt, going through yeah, um, it, the, what's going to happen. You know, the, that's the next two hours. Yeah, and traffic of our stage. And it's bang on two hours, the movie. Nice. So he he's true to his word. Yeah. <laughs> True to the play. It felt like there were two visions of how to do the opening and they couldn't decide. decide. Yeah. Like, and I'm glad they kept the TV one yeah. because the, I think the – Oh, the TV one's iconic. You the, need yeah. needed to keep that. The and I'm glad they stole, kept the credits as yeah. well because I feel like we needed that as well. It's more valuable, but the TV one is sort of more – And yeah. some of the names, iconic. like like especially if you're a teen, and this was targeted for teens, let's oh, be honest. Hell yeah. So you've got a like Benvolio, Mercutio, like mm-hmm. Tibbet, you've got a they're harder names, especially in Australia or in England or America. Like mm-hmm. they're not our common names. Yeah, no, you, they're it's a smart way to get them out there. Italian names. Unless you've studied Romeo and Juliet. And then you know them all mm-hmm. by heart. Mm-hmm. So we jump out of that and then straight into the scene that I've called the boys, the boys, because that's just how you know it. Yes. And I was there doing all the sounds and my kids were just looking at me going, what the hell oh, is no, she doing? Oh, no, my mum's lost her mind. This movie makes her crazy. But it was immediately the soundtrack. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fun. It, it I, just gets you straight in there and there's the mixing of them laughing that, <laughs> like, it's yeah. so it was great. The sound design and editing is good the whole way through, but particularly in this, this scene, scene, it's incredible. Is, it's incredible. Yeah, so good. And this scene also shows you 
it wasn't a big budget movie. I read 15 million US. Oh, so that's not big at all, really. Not, they had to fight is, for it too. Yeah. Like Leo had to fly out to Australia and do like a video presentation. Yeah, they made a sizzle reel and he paid his own way. He wanted yeah. the role badly enough that he actually paid his own flights mm-hmm. and accommodation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they had to fight for the 15 million. It's up a long way from Strictly Ballroom. I double checked. I think that was 3 million Australian. Okay. Wow. Which was, yeah, tiny budget. But still, fifteen million—it's not a lot it's of money. Not a lot, even in the late especially 90s. for the vision of what he wanted mm. to do. Can you even? I can't even imagine if he had more money, what I, it would have been. I can, and it just would have been glossier. Oh. Every, it feels like you see every cent on the screen. It feels yeah. like a much more expensive movie it than does. fifteen million. And I don't know if I'd want it glossier though, especially a scene like this. I kind of love that it's. I think it's glossy enough. The thing is, yeah. This, scene made me think that it was a much bigger budget yeah there's bloody explosions Mm -hmm. so we're at a petrol station and we've got the do i have to go in everyone knows that there's the capulets and the montagues yeah okay there's two households (laughs) alike in fair verona where we lay our scene (laughs) yep um, Actually, no, because that introductory scene is great too because it shows us this is the vision of Verona. It's kind of a – gives me San Diego-y kind of vibes. It's like clearly it's the coast. It's – I've never been to the US, guys. Or no, to it's, Mexico, filmed, where it's filmed. filmed in Mexico and it's definitely – I've been to San Diego a couple of times and I've been to Mexico and it's definitely more Mexico. Okay, cool. Than San, there's, when you cross the border at San Diego, there's a definite um, shift when yeah. you cross that border. Um, and so they filmed in Mexico City and also down on the Gulf Coast. Yes. We've got the Montagues. They're there in their Hawaiian shirts filling mm-hmm. up their petrol. Jamie Kennedy, who plays Samson in it, yeah. he has a real black eye because he got into a bar fight the night before filming. That was real. That was real. And it was the first time watching it this time because I did I, I researched my fun facts before watching it nice and i always thought that they had makeup him yeah on. i thought it and was they a discussed good character touch. they discussed covering it but then they were like nah, nah. this this tracks this fits so and then watching it you can actually see that it's not makeup because he is puffy he's swollen so go back and watch it's only slightly but i could definitely see that there was some swelling so yeah the night before he got into a, a fight at a bar in mexico city and then had to film this massive petrol scene mm-hmm. the next day at the petrol station. Yeah, but it's all—it makes it authentic. It they're really rough. Does. They're in. They get into fights and yeah. things. So they're at the petrol station in their Hawaiian shirts. And this, I feel like the costuming here is really important. In Australia, these guys would have just been the bogan kind of mm-hmm. rich bogans. Yeah. Um, with their their shirts open and they bare, and they dyed hair and Lo- they would have had a lowered ute, not a big truck. Yeah, the yeah. main difference. Yeah, um, yeah. I love that. There's a real visual distinction between yeah. the two groups. The cars are different. The yeah. Clothes so then are the Capulets pull up and they've got fancier cars. Mm. They're all it's a different style, kind of in like flamenco. Yes, the yeah. high waisted pants. Yeah, with the they've flare, got the boots. Yeah, they've got their heeled boots on. They've all got these beautiful vests. Mm-hmm. Mm. Their facial hair is very sculptured of its time. They've all got, well, across the board, really, they've all got religious tattoos. Yeah. The religion undertone is 
quite full on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. The the fact that Catholicism runs deep here is like they've really dragged that into the visual style of the movie. Crosses crosses everywhere. On their guns. Everywhere. A shitload of Virgin Marys as decoration on everything. Yeah, the guns. Angels everywhere. Beautifully decorated. A lot of people have like a flaming heart tattoo. Mm, Which I love. Yeah. Like visually I love it. And as a non-Catholic, it's it doesn't mean doesn't mean as much no. to me as it would if which is probably why we can yeah. love it so much in this context of, yeah as well. So we're at the petrol station. We've got the Capulets have pulled up. The Montagues are already there. Um, the Montagues decide they're going to kind of start something, but then completely shit themselves as soon as it's retaliated. <laughs> yep. We then go into like a um, breakdance fighting scene. Almost. <laughs> yeah. Where there's much. a little bit of choreography, like, waha, I'm going to do my flamenco dancing with a gun. Yep. Bang, bang. Um, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. John. I remember watching this scene for the first time and as a dancer, just my eyes were so wide. Yeah. And, you know, and it's come off the back of Strictly Ballroom where there's like – about flamenco dancing, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and to see Baz then, like, pick that piece up and plop it in this movie mm-hmm. was the best. Yeah. But I remember just watching it, just loving um, the diving behind cars and the way it's done so um, in such a dance world kind of way was mind-blowing. Yeah. And amazing. It was the dance version of we're going to have a big action scene. Yeah. But we're going to – it's We're going to make it – makes it heightened. Yes. John Leguizamo. Yes, John Leguizamo. Oh, my God. So good. Got to blow my kids' minds that he's Bruno. Bruno. (laughs) Love it. Listen to his voice, guys. Listen to his voice. Who is he? Who is he? He's, he is great in this. He is great. He's and he so has great. his own natural teeth in this movie. Oh, he does too. The, okay, so this, this is a marker. This Hollywood is marker. Hollywood teeth. This, everyone has their own teeth. Yeah, true. They're all normal teeth They in look this. fine. I and they look notice. completely fine. Yeah. Also, yeah, he had beautiful guns. He, like, he's... Tibble, the Prince of Cats, is so extra. Mm-hmm. Um, the cats in the the silver heels of his boots. Mwah. So why is he the Prince of Cats? That's just his name. Is Tibble an actual Prince of Cat in mythology or something? No Do we idea. know? He's just Tibble Prince play, of Cats. In the play, he's like credited as his Tibble Prince of Cats. Okay. I don't know what that means. It's just occurred to me. I've never bothered to find out or look that up. It's just like his thing and he's... Very sexy. Mm. Loved him, but he's magnificent in this. He's so good. He's just so intense. There were bits in this scene too that made me sort of feel like it had, it felt like it was influenced by dance and also then we had these extreme close-ups like Ennio Morricone westerns and then some of the fight choreography felt almost like Hong Kong fight choreography. Uh-huh. Like it was drawing from everywhere and yeah. it was just thrilling well, they, and they used And they used a proper... Mm-hmm. choreographer for yeah. it so and the sound design's just... wild like there's a cat roar sound um at, at one point like when someone like moves and it, you kind of almost get like a tiger or mm. into the in the mix it's, it's wild it's so yeah, good it's it's really really good so the petrol station goes up in flames mm-hmm. they're running through the streets fighting and then we have a hard cut to 
Captain Prince, who I think in the play is just a prince. Yeah, he's isn't the prince he? of the town area. He, yeah, but they've, they've <laughs> named him Captain Prince because to put the spin on it that he's like the, the police chief kind yeah. of thing. And he's just basically blasting. He's got the two dads, I think, in his office and just – Well, we haven't got there quite yet. So we, we – oh. There's a whole lot of shootouts and stuff. Yeah, in the – Then we, we – he comes in on his helicopter just oh, that's as right. Mercutio and Tybalt are, <laughs> you know, is there anything quite as homoerotic as just pointing guns at each other in the street while you're just screaming your heads off? You're not shooting at each other. You're just pointing guns at each other. With your screaming, shirts open. With your shirts open, <laughs> screaming. And, ah, then, and then we hard cut bit, to. Um, Michael Jackson move, music video, isn't it? It was not the first point where it reminded me a little bit of Hot Fuzz. Uh, and Nick yes. Frost's character talking about action movies and like you know the point yeah. break. Have you ever like shot your gun up in the air while going ah? Yeah. And it reminded me a bit of that. Just the the pointing their guns at each other and yelling at each other. They're so mad they can't even shoot each other in the street. They're just yelling. Yes. And then we hard cut to we're in Captain Prince's office. Mm. We've got our two patriarchs of the mm. families, and they're recalcitrant boys. Yeah. Behind them and is being told off basically. Yep. Now, one of the things they cut in this version, well, they didn't highlight it, is in the play it's more explicit that um, Mercutio is family of the prince. Yeah, and I I think I just always knew that. Yeah. Or I know that now. We know that thing. from having studied the play. But I, I did have to say to um, Isla the other night, that's his... Cousin their or cousins something. or that's his or uncle something. or something. Yeah. They're related. So I am really glad that they are both black um, actors yes. to kind of keep that. That they're family bonded. Yeah, that, it, that it's hinted I think at that even is, if they don't make it explicit. a couple of times, but, yeah, it's we, not, like he, there isn't yeah. a big speech about him being his kingsman or. Yeah. When we first see Leo and he's down by the, the Sycamore Grove, the, the decaying outdoor theatre, I really did have the thought that Timothy Chalamet is our contemporary version of oh, 90s Leo Pretty Boy. He yeah, really 100%. is. 100%. I've got strong vibes with the floppy hair and the, the nice jawline and, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I really love in this scene when we get introduced to Romeo and Benvolio sent over to kind of try and cheer him up and get him to open up a bit and then we get... I did have to play translator in this scene though. Like mm. I was like going... Because at this point the two youngest were watching. They went to bed not long after this scene. But um, I had to kind of say, he's saying, oh, no, that's my cousin. <laughs> he's really sad. Don't worry, uncle. I'm going to go and find out what's wrong. And they yep. went, oh. Because <laughs> yeah. Benvolio's little speech here is... Hard to understand yeah. if you don't know what's about to happen. It's one of the ones, it's one of those parts in the play where you need context. Yes. Reading Shakespeare is kind of a nightmare if you're not watching it be performed. Yeah. It's just, you've got to watch it be performed. Mm. I love Benvolio laughing at Romeo's poetry as he starts to sort of repeat his soliloquy oh, about being <laughs> yeah, lost in love and then, you know, the series of any, and Benvolio just kind of like cracks up at him and it's really good. It's really good. They so go, I, I, my note for here is uh, Romeo whines about Rosaline. <laughs> Accurate. 
and then sees that there's been a big fight. Mm -hmm. And I thought it's really smart and modern how it's done because I think, guess in older plays, which I haven't seen an older play in forever, I don't Mm -hmm. think I've actually ever seen another movie or a play of it. I've watched different ballets of Romeo and Juliet, Juliet, but not – I don't think I've ever seen another staged version of it before. Mm. But I like how the way he finds out that there's – you know, being this big fight is to stumble across the newsstand and to see like a little TV of video footage of the newsreel playing that there was this big fight. It's clever. Where I wonder back, and you might have, you've seen other ones, Mm. whether he's like stumbled across dead bodies on the street or how does he, how does that line translate in other plays? I think you have to bring him into the space. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But you kind of have him to have the line going, ah, me, what phrase here? Yeah, like they come onto the town square and that's where the fight was and he's like wanders in and is like, what, what did you bitches do here? Yeah. So I liked that how it's been done yeah. to the TV so they don't have to actually go back into where yeah. the petrol station is and that they can be wherever they want to be, which is at a pool hall at this point. With our friend from Knives Out. Yes. Who looked crusty as hell at the time yeah. and then hasn't aged. No, he's the same. Like he looks he, the same. He just stayed the same. He was cra- He was probably one of those people at 20 that you're like, ooh, you're craggy, and then just <laughs> barely aged for the next yeah. 50 years. Yeah. So, yeah, we go into the pool hall. We also then have the TV up in the corner where we learn about the big party at the Capulets mm-hmm. tonight, and I love the TV host there imparting that information like again yeah. it's just a clever use yeah it of... is a clever way to get the those lines done instead mm. of like having a page boy come on stage going dun 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 there yeah. is a party tonight it... come crash a cup of wine um love that line it's a great way to do it like yeah. we've got we've got tv and they seem to be like the it's amazing that mm. like it's like if the Murdochs were having a party, it would be on the TV. <laughs> so come down to the Murdochs mansion. Well, when they're having a wedding, we all know about it. Well, that's true. And like, we don't have an open the... invitation, no, though. True. We don't have a way to get in. And then we cut to the Capulet house. Miriam Margoyle oh, as nurse. I know. Love. Which my kids got excited. They were like, "Ah, oh, Aunt Prudence from Miss Fishes." Yeah. God, she's good. I did enjoy that, you know, famous celebrated lesbian Miriam Margoyles keeps getting the lines in this about how to find a good man. Yeah. <laughs> like that just felt enjoyable. But also um, probably funny back in the day too because she oh, was a yeah. wet nurse back in the day, you know, as well. That's just yeah, true. not married. No, and- <laughs> yeah. How does that all work? The costumes. So we're getting ready for the big costume party. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see. We also, in the mix of here, meet um, Paris. <gasps> yes. Dave. Dave Paris. Dave Paris. <laughs> They've given him a first name. I love how of all of the characters where they <laughs> tweaked the name, Paris probably didn't need it. No. They gave him the blandest name. It was actually perfect. Yeah, Dave. He's on the cover of timely magazine Mm -hmm. a fake magazine that often pops up in set design as a fake time Ah, okay you you get the word in there and you get the the font i just thought it was time i didn't think didn't even double yeah you have to take it you have to double take to notice it's very clever okay he's bachelor of the year or something yeah and then i think he ends up in a sauna 
within the That's next right. couple of minutes. He's he wants to marry with Mira Savino's father. Yeah, Paul Savino. Yeah, <laughs> he's great in this. He's really good. He is because the um, he's just sweaty and slimy enough to pull it off. Yeah, and he's you know there's the lightheartedness, and then he turns on a dime. Ooh, and he's really nasty, yeah. and yeah, he's very good at that. So yeah. Dave Paris wants to marry Juliet. Mm-hmm. And well, does he want to marry Juliet or is this really rich guy saying, hey, you want to marry my daughter? Well, it starts out where he's like, oh, no, she's too young. And then by the end of the sauna session, he's like, yeah, come to the party. We'll organise it and it's on. Uh, yeah. Well, so, I don't feel Dave. I feel it's a, a, arranged just as much for Dave as it was for Juliet. Yeah. Dave is, uh, I think they say on the cover of the I love that magazine. we're calling him Dave. Dave. <laughs> we'll, we will call him Dave I for the rest realized, of the podcast. I only realised, I only kind of really clicked this watching or remembered that his name was Dave because later on at the party you hear her mum go, Dave! Dave! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it says on the cover of the magazine he's the governor's son. Okay. And so, cool. you know, you can see why. Yeah. It's good connections a, for both. Yeah. We meet. So, okay. So the, then the party's going to happen. So Juliet's mum comes upstairs yeah. and she's talking to Juliet about she's going to be introduced to Dave mm-hmm. and, you know, do you, you might end up married to this guy. And Juliet's like, eh. Yeah. Not, about not, it. Which she's is 14. Like, she's a child. Even, even a child. 400 years ago. She was a 14 year olds don't want to get married. No. And so they're getting, yeah. So her mum's getting dressed in her amazing Cleopatra outfit that I'm pretty sure we went and saw, didn't we, at Maya? Yeah. Back in the day. One of the department stores had a bunch of the costumes on display. Yeah. Upstairs. Yeah. They've got got to go up and see the costumes. Oh, we were so pumped for that. It was great. Yeah, it was so good. Now, this part of the movie has always bothered me. Okay. Spill. When she's getting dressed and it is the most magnificent costume. It's amazing. Magnificent. It's beautiful. And I loved actually this time, um, you know, making costumes myself to see that um, they've just used gold rickrack. To oh, get, and I was like, oh, that's so 90s and just so accessible for me to make yeah. a Cleopatra costume exactly like that. I love how it's great, but it does look costumey for yeah, it's within, enough, the, within the nature of the movie. It's yeah, it's still not over like the top. it's not like they're doing Cleopatra and they've yeah. done a big budget costume for yeah. it. When she's getting ready, though, a black feather has landed on her bosom. Oh, yes, and it drives me nuts that there is this feather just sitting on her while she's doing her speech. Yeah. That's all. That's that's my one nitpick. But every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, my God, I wish someone would pick that feather off her. Like it just drives me crazy. As as a dance teacher and as does doing costumes, like that's something that you just walk past and go, Boop, yep. let's do that again <laughs> without yep. the feather there. So that drives me nuts. I did notice that, interesting enough, she lights a cigar that is the same as Tibbet's, Tibbet's cigar that yeah, we see the little him smoking at the, yes. the start. So I found that also quite an interesting little um, thing that they've put in there to really, as, as we've talked about before, costuming and colours and families are really important and he's mm-hmm. done it not so colour coordinated this time but more stylized. Yeah. in you're the Hawaiian shirt family which is what we would be because our dad always wears Hawaiian shirts. He does. Um, and you're the real kind of 
Spanish inspired stylized mm. family over here and to, to use cigars and things like that I found to connect the characters was really interesting seen them on screen together. where I'm pretty sure um we only Romeo's see- family's mm. like he smokes normal cigarettes rolled cigarettes yeah yeah we only see um Mrs. Capulet and Lady Capulet. As soon as there's like Mrs. Capulet, it's not right. <laughs> it doesn't work. We only see Lady Capulet and Tibble, I think, on screen together once, but we've they create a connection between. Oh, we all know that there's some funny yeah. business going on behind the closed But the connection's the already there because of the cigarillos. I yes. love it. So we go back to the Grove and we've got parties ready fireworks. to kick off. Fireworks. We meet. Um, Drunken fools. Angels playing in the background. Romeo's been kind of a whiny little bitch. Yeah. We meet Mercutio. It's his played, vibe. Played by Harold Perrineau, who is charisma personified. Mm-hmm. He is, I think. Can't amp. I think the best performance in this movie. Mm. He's magnificent. Yeah. So good. So he arrives dressed in, I don't know, a cute sparkly little outfit. Yeah, like it's a cute drag. little skirt. He's dressed in how... And it's perfect for how, like, guys who want to go to a costume party in drag would dress. Yeah. So you're not actually in – you're not a drag queen dressing in drag to do a show. You're a guy going to a costume party that's being a drag queen. Yeah, you're a guy in a skirt with a wig. A sparkly skirt. And also those cheap sparkles that you get from Spotlight. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Done the costume party exactly correct for a costume party, yeah. haven't they? Exactly. Yeah, it's spot on. Um, and we have, like, 1996 is probably really a peak period for party drugs. Oh, so yeah. making the Queen Mab speech more explicitly about drugs, yeah. Drug so taking qu- Queen Mab is really well. Is like... The fairy of dreams. Yeah, that sounds like right. She, she, um, the the mythology of Queen Mab is that she, um, is the midwife of dreams. Ah. So she gets into your head and helps you when you ha- what you dream about. Then she helps you give birth to that in real life. I think is the mythology of Queen Mab. So if she comes to visit you in your sleep. What you've dreamed about can come to Be fruition. Okay. Yeah, I think that's. The mythology that my understanding ah. of Queen Mab, where in the movie it's a metaphor, a, a metaphor for drugs, Taking ecstasy. Yeah. yeah, like in you know in in his speech, you know Queen Mab comes in her hazelnut carriage, I think it yep. was. So, um, but and in this, it's this. like his little Drug pill box, box kind <laughs> of thing. Um, yeah, but Leo does say, like Romeo does say, after after they've done this big speech and they've taken the drugs and then we enter the party and you can tell he's off his head. Mm. He does say drugs are quick. Yeah. Is Which that is a, an added line or is that a line? That's a line taken from the end that he doesn't say. Right. When he's taken his Interesting. drugs at the end. Oh, I'm glad you knew that because I wasn't sure. Yeah. Cause I, and I wondered if it was from another play or something in the realm of mm. Shakespeare because I know that there's signage around the place from that he's grabbed from other plays yeah and little nods to famous lines or ca- other characters yeah around the place Catherine so I Martin, wondered his partner and production designer had a lot of fun clearly yeah with, um and I wonder if we go and look back that. at the the newsstand where we meet Dave Paris oh, I whether bet. there would be other 
things. I reckon. If you if you focused on it, and there's bits I think in the movie where they you know show us the billboards and everything, kind of just to say, look. We did a really good job of this. We worked really hard on this. Yeah, we did our research. Appreciate it. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, I will. I do. I do appreciate it. Ah, so drugs. Yeah, of course. He says that at the end. Mm-hmm. Now you've said that. Yeah, it all makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So there's more fireworks. They enter the party. And I think he does a really great job. It, it can be quite hit or miss making people seem high on camera and giving giving that impression in a way mm. that's visually interesting and mm. this is fully yeah in the camera the camera is spinning so we're kind of in in his head yeah. and how his head must be feeling and it quicker it, like it gets yeah. quick and quick it gets quicker and quicker and quicker as it spins um we see Juliet's father Mm-hmm. Um, he's dressed as a Roman emperor. Yeah, in he and it's it's that same sequence. Oh, there's Caesar and Cleopatra. Of course, I can't believe I never connected that. Um, and he's pulling up his, and we we get to see his jocks and stuff. And you kind of like go, did that really happen? That probably didn't really happen. That's in his head. Like when we cut to Mercutio doing doing a drag performance in. The beautiful, dragged up, massive, gorgeous wig version of, of his what costume. he was actually wearing. Yeah. So yeah, and it's the costuming is just amazing. Now, like, it's probably a good time to point out that you know they've they've done the costuming. They've done. We haven't met, seen Juliet in her costume mm. yet, but she's dressed as an angel mm-hmm. for this virginal, um, angelic person that she is. We've got Romeo who is dressed as the knight in shining armor. Mm-hmm which is his role in the book yep. too. We've got this flamboyant drag queen that shows two it, like two sides of him. Yeah. Um where he's like this serious got this serious connection to royalty, I guess in the play, yeah. but then also mucks around with the bad boys. Yep. You've got Tybalt dresses the devil and he truly is the devil in this play. Yeah, he's a sexy devil man. It's a great costume. <laughs> um, so, they, yeah, so it makes sense that they're um, Cleopatra and Caesar because they are like the heads of, of the, family. the whole family yeah. and of the town, yeah. I would say, really. Of course they want to be royalty. presented as a yeah. king and a queen, an emperor and an empress. Yes. Dave Paris as American hero astronaut. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of thought went into those yeah. costume choices. Which does not surprise me. The um, other Montague boys are like Vikings. Vikings, yeah, that fits. Yeah, yeah. And the um, the Capulet sort of offsider boys are Ska- like skeletons, skeletons, and demons, yeah. and devils. I do like how there's a there are themes to yeah. the um, the minion costumes. Yeah. Oh, and so then, yeah, so Romeo kind of. Yeah, it's spinning. We're, we're seeing all these things and then his head just ends up in the sink. So this is mirroring the first time we see Juliet on screen where she's in the bath and is and, and the first shot we get of her is. Underwater. Underwater. It is too. So there's the mirroring <gasps> there. Amy, there is Look so much. you, you your film student. There is so much fire and water um, symbolism <laughs> in this movie, just like. like I know. What's Eating Gilbert Grape? This, this is, is the third Leo movie you've brought to this I podcast. I was about to say that. I was actually going to say at the start um, 
that this is no longer a, this is a Leo appreciation um, podcast is. from now on. From you, I actually even thought. I wonder if my next pick, if I could swing it to be another. How many Leo movies um, before I get called up on it? But I've already been called up on it, so. <laughs> Yeah, so second Baz Luhrmann, but third Leo movie. Um, I'm a fan, I'm a fan. You are, very much. Uh, Sorry, yeah, the mirroring shots of, yeah, so we see Juliet for the first time, her face is underwater, just sort of gazing serenely. And so we, we, we mirror that just as they are about to meet. And they 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 first meet through water. Yeah. And Baz Luhrmann did actually say water, he uses that significantly. It's the only place where they can actually escape and, and be together and be free of the burdens of their family, mm. families. So it's it's extremely intentional that then a lot of the balcony scene actually takes place in, in the water. Pool. Yeah. yeah. So this fish tank scene is truly iconic yeah. and probably one of the best – well, the best scene in yeah. the movie. Yeah. We spoke about this yesterday actually that Complete. we both think this is the best scene in the movie. It is so beautiful. But I would go as far as say it's one of the best scenes that in cinema in Fair. the 90s. Yeah. Definitely in the 90s. And it's, it's – Maybe of all time. Of all time. All in our heads, in our 90s mm-hmm. teenage heads, probably of all time. Like it is superb. He lets the moments play out. They catch eyes and they're intrigued and they're kind of flirting through the yeah, Leo fish tank. And there's no – Leo bumps his head trying to get to – like it's Closer. There's no dialogue. And we – so he lets the moment play out with the music happening in the background and just these gorgeous know, Desiree visuals. singing in the background. Mm. And he lets you take the time to believe that, oh, they are really intrigued with each other mm. and sets it up for you to understand how two stupid Love kids. at first sight happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. Yeah. There's the, the most beautiful tropical fish as well mm. floating around, the coral in the bottom of the fish. Like it's, like it's a good fish tank. Oh, it is. A, I want to go to a bathroom where you're you, you divided, <laughs> like the, the girls' and boys' toilets are divided. By an amazing, amazing fish, tank. fish tank. What kind oh. of ballroom do they have in this house that they've got like bathrooms? That's hardcore entertaining. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and so they continue before they've met, continue to sort of float at each other across the dance floor. Um, someone comes and fetches Juliet and makes a dance with Paris and he's, they're yeah. still like – like, he's doing his daggy dancing that Paul like, Rudd is oh. famous for, his daggy dancing. He really is great at it. He's great at it. He's this. so good at it. And my daughter just goes, oh, he's so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> she And she's a big – she actually screamed at the start where um, the credits happen and you see, like, Paul Rudd pop yeah. up. She went, ah, it's Josh yeah. from Clueless. Yep. Um, so – She's like, I remember years ago when we watched this for the first time and I hated that character, but now I know that it's Josh. <laughs> <laughs> you feel a bit of sympathy for him. Yeah, like, Paris isn't bad. He's not an evil bad no. guy. He is just unfortunately caught up in a situation that he probably didn't want to actually truly be in to start with at the very beginning. And now he's like in this shitty situation. They... So there is the scene at the, toward the end of the play in in the play version where Paris is outside of Juliet's tomb when Romeo oh, rocks up and they fight yes, and he kills him too, and that yes. almost always gets cut because yeah. of that. Paris that isn't a bad isn't a bad guy. It 
changes your opinion of Romeo right before the end where it really kind of yeah. takes away from yeah I'd forgotten about it that reflects part. really poorly on him as yeah a I forgot that he killed Paris in the because I've like never actually I've not I can't actually can't remember if it's in the Zeffirelli version or not I don't think I've ever seen it mm. in any I versions. wonder if it's in uh, we've got a good copy of um Graham Murphy's um, ballet, ballet, the Australian ballet. I'd be interested, yeah. I wonder if it's in that because mm. he it, wouldn't be scared to do that true. to a character, I don't yeah. think. And in ballet you don't really care so much when things happen to characters as – They all die. Like <laughs> there's a lot of tragedies in ballets. My, yeah. I think my favourite still is Giselle, which is like – God. And then we killed them. She, she died straight away. And then she, we tried to kill the man. <laughs> yeah, she dies at the end of the first act. Yeah. The second act is mostly ghosts trying to do vengeance. It's great. Yeah, make you dance to death. Yeah, look, a way to go. All of the security at the Capulet's place is fairly average. They know who he is. They're probably security oh, no. for um, the Montagues well, quite as possibly. well. Like they might be the local chub. <laughs> <laughs> But they, they, yeah, they wave the, him they in when he look, comes in. They, they do take like, everyone's that weapons. Guy is, that guy's face is of recognition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows they that know, he is let in the And um, Lord Capulet knows too because he has to stop Tybalt from yeah, but causing Lord a Cap- scene. This, this was interesting because Tybalt's like – and it shows you the difference between um, being older mm-hmm. and being young and fiery where yeah. Tybalt just wants to – he's like, ah – I hold it not a sin. I'm going to kill this guy. Like, yeah, how dare he? Yeah, he's, and he's angry and just like, I'm going to just go in and like strangle him in the yeah. middle of the, the dance floor right now. But Capulet is like a- accurately, no, you know, he's come in as a guest. I can't allow We're not going to happen. cause a mutiny amongst yeah. our guests. No. Like, no, no. You will endure him. And I love mm. the the change where he's, you know, all drunk and happy and then when he doesn't feel like he's got control of Tybalt, just – angry and slaps him and just turns on that the like she yeah, he shall be he's a good shouter he's oh, a good he yeah. yeah it was great casting for this mm-hmm. but at the end when all the boys are leaving and romeo's romeo and juliet have had the, oh no we're enemies i know they have kissed they've had that beautiful elevator scene mm-hmm. that was apparently such a pain in the ass to film because it wanted to he i think and watching it i can see he just wanted to do the full um where it's one big long shot yep and scoops around them mm. and it was the elevator was too small and so yeah. they've had to do cuts 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 it still is beautiful though yeah. and they've kissed and they've tried to escape the nurse and the mum wants her to talk to paris more and there's all that happening and then she gets whisked up the stairs and the They've kind of like I think Romeo twigs first. Context clues. He works it out that she's up there with them, and he's like, "Oh shit, she's a Capulet." And then, but she has to be told. Obviously, like there's no context clues for her. He's yeah. just a guest. So downstairs. nurse tells him. Tells nurse her. says. So she. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. Um. I'm surprised. Look, we didn't have social media in the '90s <laughs> when this was set, but we still knew who people were so i find well, we it really tabloids. interesting that she doesn't she's obviously very sheltered yeah. that she doesn't know who he is yeah. interesting mm. but yeah they've worked it out and then 
So it's time to leave. Yeah. And this is where I really feel that the security suck because it's like about to leave the property in the car and Romeo jumps out of the car and runs off into the bushes yeah. while still on Capulet property to climb the fence and go back in. And no one does And anything. the security just stand there. And then we cut later to the guy in the room with all of the like the security cameras like not paying, paying attention. attention. So like Baz yeah. has made a call there that was like actually for this to work – the we security to have to kind of suck. Yeah. And they do. And yeah. it's great. Love it. Love it as an artistic choice. So when he dumps out of the car, they all think that he's going back to, to find Rosaline because she yeah. – Oh, literally that morning he's like – she's her cousin. And she's a – yeah, she's a Capulet. Yeah. So already forbidden love. Like he mm. loves a bit of forbidden love. Oh, yeah. Um, but he, he kind of like stumbles into Juliet's courtyard instead. Mm-hmm. And he – I love – Leo's great in this movie in that he's not afraid to just fall over. There's a bit of slapstickiness. Yeah. That's quite it, it brings the levity when it needs to. He is he was a clumsy boy. Maybe he was still having a growth spurt at well, 20. Well, he looks really lanky, so yeah. maybe he definitely hadn't put the weight like that kind and maybe that's why he looks 18 so yeah. 17 because he hadn't he hadn't filled out like in that broadness that mm men get that show the difference between teenagers and men basically also men's faces are still changing like from 18 as they as they you know actually still actually like physically growing in height until they're 21 as well why do we have to stop we stop at like 16 17 don't we yeah but yeah they're still you know their facial structures changing and all of that so Mm. yeah he does look young and he's quite goofy here you know he's Mm. a bit of a has a bit of a shambles. Yeah. Talking to himself in his little soliloquy. <laughs> yeah. Then Juliet comes down and he's um hiding extremely badly and really lucky <laughs> that she doesn't look over. Like suspension of disbelief. I know, it's but beautiful. That's, the, that's balcony scenes yeah. in in all of Yeah. You know, yeah. we've got to remember too that Shakespeare was the master of comedies. True. So Yeah, there should be humour in these yeah. bits. If it's all tension and sadness, then you haven't had those moments of levity to break and, and for you to kind of hope and think maybe it'll turn out all right. Yeah. Maybe this time it's going to be okay. You have to be sad about having your heart broken every time even yeah. though it always ends the same way. Yeah. See, and in, in Nomeo and Juliet, <laughs> I'm sure it does work out okay for them. Probably. In the end. Because they're gnomes. Yeah, and it's the kids. And that, that might be why my kids were so startled this morning when oh, I had to break point. the news to them that they die. Oh, I'm pretty sure it does work out okay because <laughs> I haven't seen Nomeo and Juliet, but I've seen the sequel. Yeah, Sherlock gnomes. Yes. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they're married in that one. So it, yeah. it does work out okay. So, yeah, it's beautiful. And they fall in the pool and Baz Luhrmann, you know. Oh, that kiss under the pool. Now, yeah. did that kiss win best kiss? Two thousand, uh, not two thousand. We're in the nineteen nineteen ninety six MTV. They definitely both won like like favorite romantic Let me leads. Google that should have won best kiss. Let's see what won best kiss that year. Species won in ninety six. Now that's the one where the tongue like goes through the back of the head. Yes. Okay. Let's do ninety seven and see because you don't know with. Thank no m- movie awards and thing. Thank you, Guillermo del Toro, Chief Independence Day. Independence Day. So basically, which uh, like which Will characters? Smith and Vivica A. Fox. Uh, don't remember it. 
Yeah, it's not as remember. No, re- like, God, no. No. Wow. Ripped off. So alien movies really um, outshined Shakespeare. Just hard to disagree, guys, but whatever. Yeah, because it was – it's it's the it's best I- kiss. <laughs> it's iconic. It's iconic. The underwater kiss. Yes. Yeah, and we're, you know, God. Is it because we were teens at the time? No, we're correct. We are correct. <laughs> it's the children who are wrong. I'm going to override species. Yeah, it was full, like, full on, but not the best. I mean, well, that's the thing. It was full on, but it, was it a good kiss? Not no, for one not of the them. Best. Anyway, so we have the whole pool scene. That's great. We cut to well, they want it. Well, before we go to Sorry. there, he um he he's like she's like we're going to um ex- you know let's get he's married. like let's you, you've left me unsatisfied and she's like what satisfaction can you have and I'm like yeah you're 14 what satisfaction can you have settle down guys yeah chill out and I think um you've just been in the pool yeah just settle down. And he's like, well, you know, let's exchange vows. I'm like, well, that's full on for 14, isn't it? You've met literally twice one night. Yeah. Had a couple of party patches. Um, And you are on the come down from ecstasy, Romeo. Chill. (laughs) True. Let's get married tomorrow. He's like, yeah, they're both into it. Uh, yeah, she she's very excited. Yeah. She's like, yes. She gives him her cross necklace at the end. He catches yeah. it. That's a beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. Um, then we cut to <laughs> Romeo. That, well, we Pete, cut, we well, we cut, cut to, to Pete Postlethwaite yes. as Friar Lawrence or Father and Lawrence. And there's some great um, setups here. Cause yeah. He's, well, yeah, interesting you say that because he's credited as Father Lawrence, but yeah. he is referred to as Friar Lawrence. Mm-hmm. In, they don't change any of the text. No. Yeah. He's shirtless and teaching little kids about poison. Yeah. Why is this happening? Well, this is, this is, we need this because this is foreshadowing. We yeah. need to know that he knows his shit when it comes to poisonous plants and plants that may look like they've killed you, True. not actually killed you. And, and that is a huge thing we need for the plot. <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> so he's got a little greenhouse set up. I don't know. Look, I Great. do I know why it. the children are there because he's got to be talking to someone. Yeah, but we probably could have had older, like, let's not well, set up the priests hanging out with children by themselves. Thank thing. you. That's what I was wor- – I'm like, he's got no shirt on. It's not great. The whole vibe it's is – It's all above board. Off. It's above board for – let's let's believe it's above board. But, yeah, it's – look. The Catholic Church have, has a lot of problems. Yeah, no. It's not a great scene for that. So, anyway – Romeo and and Fry Lawrence have a good relationship. Romeo rocks up and and Fry Lawrence, who has a also has a, this amazing full back his, tattoo, yeah, and, and chucks on, on his Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt, shirt g- making clear that there's an alliance there. Even yes. though um, he's the priest he for be everyone, yeah, yeah, and he should be neutral. Correctly works out that Romeo has not been to bed yet mm-hmm. and is then surprised and he's like, have you been with Rosaline? Who is supposed to also, they don't cover this, but she's supposed to become a nun yes. in the play and I think that line might have been cut. But um, Or maybe I just didn't understand no, it without I the notes. Yeah, I don't think it's, she's not as, I feel like she's not mentioned as much in this movie as she is in the, the play. play. That's fine. I feel like we even meet her in the play. Maybe. Maybe I've made that up. I Whatever. don't know. I do have the play in my um, bed stand. Oh. Next, 
Like I bought it from book club because <laughs> oh, it was like $2 in the kids book club. And I went, Oh, and it's in my, not like in my dresser. Cause oh, I do. I love it. it. I love Romeo and Juliet. It's mm. my favorite. Yeah. That's why I can spout off lines, not only from watching the movie a lot, but from reading yeah. the book. Friar Lawrence works out and he's like at Rosaline and he's like, no, you know, we met, we wooed, we exchanged vow. He's um, very pretty and tired at this point. And we get Friar Lawrence starts to put together, oh, and he has a plan, the plan to try and bring these warring families together, together. Like, through let's the children have marrying. Peace. Like, he loves this. Yeah, let's have peace. Romeo is so excited. He's, you know, got to go and organise him stuff and he runs off and falls over. And this, that always felt like that happened on set and wasn't planned. Well, that's what Isla said. To she goes, oh, that's a blooper and they've just kept it in. And I said. Feels like it. It feels like it. But. but it's not? It, no, because the line that Fryer says is where fools rush, they fall. Yeah. And it said. As that is. So mm. I, I actually think that Leo is just a dynamite actor. Why doesn't he get more slapstick and physical <laughs> comedy to do? Because he's good and at could it. Just his lanky body at 20 could have just like flexible, just yeah. could fall like that. Of two catches catch the, the, <laughs> catch the, the, the candle. Oh my goodness, yeah. As it was happening. Two points I want to make, just the um the layering of Friar Lawrence's costumes because then Romeo is helping him get ready for service. Mm-hmm. And so he's got the Hawaiian shirt on under the beautiful vestments robes, with the yeah. amazing beaded embroidery. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Friar Lawrence's amazing montage sequence where he's explaining what he wants to have happen with, you oh, know, later he can bring on. the family. Well, there's yeah. one here too. Oh, is there? That when I can't he's, remember that When one. he's thinking, oh, if I get these two kids married, I'll be, we'll be able to use this union to yes. bring peace to the town. Yes. And we get this amazing sort of montage of what's happening in his head and all of the, you know, and he's got like this vision of the heads of the households shaking hand. I'm like, yes. I, wish, I wish my ideas were beautifully visually no, montaged like Friar Lawrence's. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> But didn't didn't have we spoken before that we've worked out? Well, for me anyway, I don't see pictures in my head like normal yes. people. You've just got nothing <laughs> going on up there. What happens when you have an idea? So what happens like, in your mind? It? And I go, well, I can, I know, yeah, what it might look like down the track, but I don't actually see. Yeah, like my brain knows. Yeah, yeah, you have ideas without the, and I can like this is normal. I can work out. Well, you're a dance I teacher. I can see you what it will look like, things. but I can't actually, like, I don't, don't actually see, see the picture. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I can, I know what it will look like, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, I can't actually see like sometimes a tree. So ideas. I think of a tree and I know what a tree looks like, yeah. but I can't actually see a tree right now in my head. I would probably only see a tree if we started to talk specifically about what kind of tree. Dove's Cry is being sung in the background, yeah. which was oh, – that, that song just exploded, didn't it? That, yeah, that was like off. a um, standout hit mm-hmm. when this movie came out. That little boy soprano. Yes. It's a great ver- – like it is a great oh, version. So but good. There so you go. Good. We cut to the, the beach. We're back at the beach. Um, Benvolio and Mercutio are there kind of having a play fight on the on the beach. Yeah, just being boys allergic to shirts. Yeah, just, you know, play fighting it up. Being, um, being kids, being young teens who are – Yeah, well – Well, okay, Mercutio's so no. 
No, he's he a, does look much older than them. And I think the actor, I think he was in his mid to late 20s. Okay. The boy who plays Benvolio was actually 16. Was he? It blew no my mind. Way. I only yeah. knew that from I just doing my reading for this episode. I just he was like 2021. He's Same. so mature in it well, he's with a, his delivery as well. He's a big boy and he looks a bit older. Yeah. No, he was actually a teen. Wow. I know. With his buzz cut. With his buzz cut. Oh, my God. And so, yeah. Uh, is really un- a bit unhinged in this. He, well, he yeah. continues on being un- – he's unhinged in the first mm. time we meet him. But he continues on and he can really see – it's interesting. I think there's a bit of a – in this version anyway, there's a bit of ambiguity around Mercutio's sexuality. Mm, yeah. Which really shows um, – I feel in this scene when Romeo gets pulled away, like the nurse and her bodyguard show mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and pull him away and Mercutio is like not happy about it. Yeah, and yeah. and it kind of – it doesn't come across that he's not happy about it because that's a capulet and what are you doing and you're an idiot. It comes across as like, but what about me? He's He's being taken away. Yeah, I had Romeo's attention. I had Romeo's time. Yeah, Mercutio wants Romeo's attention and it is ambiguous about whether or not, like, why? You know, is it because he loves him and wants him or, like, he loves him in a friend way? But I think that's why there's been seeds planted that he was willing Mm. to go to this party in drag. Yeah. And he's very flamboyant. Yeah. In a... like in, he's wearing a sheer open shirt it's now. Beautiful. It's not like it's a just a on shirt later. that I've just taken off. Yeah. Like it's sheer. Yeah. So I think there's seeds planted. We're definitely not just deciding this on our own from no, one no. line. Like it's it, – we're made to think it. And I read an interview as, as after my after reading, after watching it this week, read an interview with Harold Perrineau about I'll, – I'll put it in the links. I think um, New York Magazine, but – Read an interview with Harold Perrineau that was, I'll put a link up, but was done in the last couple of years about mm. his memories and his experience making the movie. And he does talk about that, that Baz Luhrmann went away and really thought about what he wanted to do with all with of the characters yeah. and then made very deliberate choices about how this character's relationship with Romeo would be ambiguous and the costuming would be gender fluid and, and suggestive. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah, we're picking up on what Baz is laying down. It's very yeah. intentional. Oh, good. Um, I my cosplay choice is what the nurse is wearing when she comes to uh, to, to pass the message on this red yes. suit with the it, leopard, leopard print trim and, and the a hat. Pill hat. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'd you forgotten that outfit. Go. You should. You could really pull that off. I, I could wear that in life. Like yeah. Not everyday life. You'd have to have an occasion for it, mm. but, you know. Well, when I have a 90s-themed belayed yes. 40th. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. How is that? I loved that. I'd forgotten that outfit and I loved it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my that's my cosplay yes. choice. Yes. Yes, so good. And she's a sassy bitch and I love her. Mm. And we, we find out just how sassy she is in the next scene when mm-hmm. um, she goes back to her – I guess it's her quarters and Juliet's yeah. just hanging out there waiting. She has a little In apartment. her jeans, which are very much like the jeans that I'm wearing today, actually. All of the fashion, like all of the costuming for contemporary choices felt really 
on trend and contemporary. Like that's where mm. we're back at now. Yeah. That period, uh, a lot of the stuff that guys were wearing felt really fashion forward at the time mm. and it's really – yeah, Juliet's casual choices. And we, we went shopping jeans. together yesterday and you literally said the words, oh, floral shirts are back in. Yeah. And then we were walking towards a shop with a Hawaiian shirt in the yeah. window. So, yeah, we really have come back mm-hmm. around to to the Romeo and Juliet times. We're back. We're in 96 yep. currently with the um fashion. Mm-hmm. We can pin it mm-hmm. to a year. So Juliet's asking the nurse, like, what, what do you know – What's um? What's he said? You know what's going on? And she stalls and stalls. Yeah, and she's stalls. like, oh, oh where is bad. your mother? And yeah. um, she's like, what? Where is your mother? Like, what does he say? Yeah. And then she says, you know, he says to come to church, and I'll make you a wife <gasps> for life. <laughs> oh. Got some quotes from Miriam Margoyles. Uh, apparently, when they were filming, she and Leo got along really well, I can and they that. hung out and did a lot of like going shopping in um in like the markets to like find cute. Apparently, they both love bling. Yeah. See, you 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 have a go at Leo about his choice in women a little bit, <laughs> but I actually feel he's a really great guy. I actually would really. I feel like. I would be friends with Leo I in my think head. If you weren't in his target for potential partner, he would be a lot of fun. Yes. A thing I do like about Leo is he looks after his mum and he's I think his mum still like lives with him or oh, wow. she's got rooms at his house. Okay. And he like looks he's a mummy's boy. Um He's a good Italian boy. Yeah. And <laughs> um I think he would probably be a fun guy. Actually, a, cu- a couple of things I learned in the in the research where, and Miriam Muggles in her, um, she wrote, she published a memoir last year and she, she liked him tremendously, but, and I love this phrase, luckily I was immune from his groin charms. <laughs> but, um, and, and there's a lot of rumours about Claire really kind of having a big crush on him. Well, not even rumours. I, I saw quotes from yeah. her saying that she purposely – um, like had to stay away from him because she mm. was a bit yeah. in love with him. <laughs> but apparently years later, um, Miriam Margos was in a restaurant and Claire Dames came up and was like, oh, we worked together on a film once. I, d- I don't know if you remember me. My oh, name is what? Claire Dames. And is, you know, Miriam really calls out how she's so like the opposite oh, of this arrogant star. Wow. She's lovely. This little film. Yeah. <laughs> what well, was years ago, and just but the, the assumption that she wouldn't necessarily remember. But another wow. thing I learned quickly uh, in this is Harold Perrineau, our Mercutio, um, Leo made a big donation to a school to get one of Harold's kids into the school they wanted him to go to. Like, he didn't ask him to do that, but oh my Leo God. made sure it happened. There you go. So, uh, see, this is also why I his reputation mm, is. Mixed, the but thing he does I do kind, kind of things. love and why I think he'd be a front fun friend is the paparazzi shots I've seen of <laughs> Jonah Hill walking down the street. <laughs> do you know what I'm going to talk about? <laughs> Jonah Please. Hill walking down the street and Leo obviously like seeing that there's paparazzi <laughs> around and, and sees that he's like bumps into, he's going to bump into his friend, notices yeah. that there's Jonah Hill being papped up there yeah. and he runs up to him with his iPhone and pretends to get into his face and take photos and Jonah Hill like is ready to lose it yeah. and it's just Leo yeah. being funny. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So we're at the church now. We're getting married. Leo is in a Navy suit and this is 
in my head why I always felt that my husband-to-be would wear a navy suit <laughs> to his wedding. It's such and a big he, suit too. It's and, like such a big boy suit. And um, he didn't, but Sean does now own a navy suit oh, that he bought without any influence from me. But um, – it's just she's just in this beautiful her her wedding dress is just beautiful, mm. isn't it? It's, it's so just gorgeous. this button up. It's I reckon this was probably one of the most expensive costumes for her because I think it's like a raw silk that it's yeah. made out of. It's nice full gorgeous. Skirt, well, it's of. it's just to her yeah. calf. Like it's it's full. It's an A line yeah, full thank skirt, you, that's but it's I'm... not um not full not length. full length. It's like tea length yeah it's just something that she had it's probably her communion dress god quite possibly but yeah the the beautiful button up uh is it sleeveless oh i feel it might be but it's it's very modest yeah it's beautiful it's lovely it is it's gorgeous they both look they've got their r and j wedding bands i feel i have a memory of me Owning yeah. like a replica. Yeah, you could buy them. I don't remember if you had I, one. I but feel I'm like I had one. Shocked. I feel like I bought it from like, um, like one of those little in the island shops. Yep. <laughs> Which also, like, when you see the rings, not on an island, like in, <laughs> in the middle of a shopping center. <laughs> the little like, like in the middle of the eye in the the, the little shops, shops in the aisle, <laughs> yeah. the island shops. <laughs> Might sound like I went to Hawaii and bought one, but no, it was just, you know, at the shopping centre up the road. But we get a lot of close-ups of them in the movie and, frankly, that's what they look like. They look like Romeo also picked them up from an island shop. Like he was down at the beach and one of the shops was probably. like, or maybe they'll stamp them for you. It. So they're customised? He probably did. And then they engraved in the middle. Like, yeah. I love thee. And Pete Postlethwaite is so great in this scene. I just... Mm-hmm. Love them all. Now, this is where things take a turn. Yeah. We've had the high point of the relationship already, (laughs) 16 hours in. Yeah. If Romeo just went home now and didn't go to the beach to meet up with his friends. Why didn't they sneak off? They're married. Why they didn't just elope together now um, and run away together now, things would have really been okay for them. People might have survived. Yeah. So we go back to the beach. Mercutio has this great uh, headband and he's edgy and not in a good head mm. state. He's shooting at the fish or the ground in yeah. the water. Benvolio wants to go. He's worried. Storm is a brewing. Literally. Yeah, the hurricane the, came the through. The hurricane came through when they were filming the end of this scene. Romeo rocks up in his big giant big boy suit. Mm-hmm. Um, With his lanky run. He's... Got the same run here as um, what's eating Gilbert Grape. That's how he runs. Yeah. Okay, let's pause. So Marlon Brando Mm. was going to be cast in this movie. Really? As Juliet's father, I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's for Juliet's father. Yeah. I mean, that's the bigger father role and there's only two. Yeah. He had to decline because of family troubles, a.k.a. his son killed his half-sister's boyfriend or something and ended up in jail so that was happening for marlon which is awful Mm. but he (laughs) made a comment that he couldn't understand like when he was going to take the role he made a comment to i don't know to baz or to producers or to casting he didn't understand why they had cast leonardo dicaprio 
in that role and why you would cast someone that didn't have full capacity of their mental facilities. <laughs> what? He didn't feel that Leo was acting in what's seen in Gilbert Grape. He thought that that was him. He didn't realise that Leo was such a good actor that that was acting. He felt that they they just cast Arnie for, out to play Romeo. Oh, my God. I know. Isn't that startling? And that also startling. fabulous at the same time. Marlon. Oh, wow. That is amazing. That's an, yeah. like, that's an amazing story. That is actually how, how he runs. He runs. He's um, got no running technique. He yeah. just kind of shambles along. Yeah. Like his limbs are all trying – like he's a Muppet. Yeah. He, he may like run better now. Who knows? Maybe he's had a trainer. <laughs> um, but that is just how he runs. So, yeah, he runs up. Like all shambolic and like a like a like a kid like a puppy he's dog. Happy. He he's really excited to tell his friends what's happened, but unfortunately, a confrontation is happening because Tybalt has shown up, wanting to know where Romeo is because he wants revenge for Romeo having shown up at the party, mm. not understanding that he's actually now got something that Romeo he wants more revenge for. He never actually even finds out. Yeah, Romeo doesn't want to fight him because it's his new cousin-in-law now. Yeah. He's like, I love you, your name as much as my own. Yeah. He refuses to fight. Thou art a villain is still a great line. Like Thou aren't a villain. That's that's <laughs> not even the rawest thing that happens in the next mm. 10 minutes, but it is a – we get raw after raw line. It, yeah. It, this bit is tragic and sad, but it is mm. kind of the pinnacle of the play in terms yeah. of drama. It's just one after the other. So that a full brawl breaks out. Mm. Like full on. He wants a Tybalt wants a proper duel. Yes. Thanks to Hamilton, we now know like dueling has rules. We know the rules because there's a <laughs> song about it. It's very handy, and Tybalt is following the rules. Like we see that here. He mm. won't shoot him in the back. Like it's got to be done properly. He's got yeah. honor. Yeah, not that much honor. Enough honor. Doesn't work. And a fight kind of breaks out. Mercutio ends up throwing Tybalt onto this pane of glass. Mm. Um, yeah, Tybalt won't shoot him in Romeo in the back, but he will beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Tybalt manages to stand up. He's got um, like a thing of glass in his hand and ends up stabbing Mercutio. And mm. we get like famous, famous lines here of, oh, but it's a – just a scratch. Making terrible puns about dying while yeah. actively dying. <laughs> what a king. Um, and you know, Tybalt's the prince of cats, but Mercutio is the king of puns. <laughs> it is the best performance in the movie. It is. It's really, really yeah. good. Like, it'll, it'll, like, they're like, oh, you know, the pain can't be much then if it's a scratch. And he's like, oh, it'll make worms meet. Of me. Of me. If you ask That's for me tomorrow, tomorrow you, you should find, find me a grave man. <laughs> It's probably the best bit of the movie, guys, and that's why we've memorised it. But also, Mercutio, amazing performance. He's really only yeah. in, like, the th three scenes. Yeah. And he dominates true, it. True, true. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he's dying and, he like, this is a plague mm. on both your house. He's, like... He curses he them. He curses them. You know, a plague on both your houses. He's Because he's, yeah, not technically aligned. He's friends, but he's not of either family and he's... Mm. He's over it. Like he's like, I've done. Look, I'm it is also a little bit rich that he's like fully blaming mm. them. He actively 
got himself involved in that fight. True. But the character is probably older than these idiots in that he's like a 17-year-old child. Like the character is young and stupid too and he's having his moment of, oh, no, that's it. My life is, is spent. It's been wasted on these two dumb families having this fight that means nothing. Plague you both, like fair. So anyway, this is harshed Romeo's buzz fully. Oh, yeah. We go to Juliet's bedroom. She's like waiting patiently for her husband oh, to yeah. come come over. Tone shift. Wow, she should have just left. They should have together. just left. This is a big eye opener, um, her bedroom too, because it's so childlike still. She's, she's got, got porcelain dolls and angel stickers all over her wall and it's yeah. It's a it's a teen girl's bedroom. Yeah. It's a kid's bedroom. We then like crash back into a car chase where there is a massive car crash. This also reminded me of Hot Fuzz. <laughs> so all of the actiony bits are like the action well, maybe things. We that need to look in, in and see if Hot Fuzz was heavily influenced by it, maybe. They watched a lot of action movies in the planning for that and, yeah. But the whole, like, shouting while shooting a gun part is, yeah. you know. Yeah, so there's a big car crash. Uh, Romeo's chased Tybalt down and he shoots him and Tybalt falls into a fountain. It's a bit more dramatic than that. Yeah. There's a lot of shouting. Romeo holds um, Tybalt's gun to his own head. Either thou yeah. or I or both must go with him is a hella raw line about uh-huh. Mercutio's death and him and screaming that. And he delivers that. it really well. There's a lot of stories from cast on the set where – because he is amazing in these incredibly emotionally intense scenes and everyone on set was sli- – all the actors were slightly annoyed at how Leo could just like swan in, you know, like da, 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 15 da, da. minutes late with Starbucks, la, 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 I'm all good, and then just go into these dramatic roles and all the other actors are like, like I have to prepare for this moment and he's just like doing the moonwalk and shit and then just can like pull out the dramatic chops. And so, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of his co-stars were like – having the moment of, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a really, really big He's going to be someone, yeah. He's going he, – he is already a great actor. It's just, you know, people are about to find out. But also just slightly irritated at how easy it seemed for him. Yeah. But, yeah, because he's intense in this scene and that the the screaming, you know, either thou or I must go or, or both must go. Fucking great line. Nice work, Willie Shakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Balthazar, his little manservant, mm. who is what's his name? Jesse, Jesse. I can't remember his last Badford. Jesse Badford. That sounds right. Um, oh, sorry, my from brain just bring it Jesse on. Clemens, but yeah, from bring, bring it, it on, on. The brother from Bring It On. Yeah, he rocks up all dirty and is like, "Get in the car!" and like, rescues him, gets him off. Like, what does he say? Be gone. <laughs> Let's away. Or Let's away. Like There's a lot of that, and I love it. Be gone. Be duh, 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 something like that. Then the captain shows up. Yeah, Bondi Curtis Hall is fantastic at just being so done with these idiots. Yes. And so does done. a lot of great shouting. It's um, a great role Lady Capulet is off her head. Mm. She's she's lost the yeah. plot. Well, we saw her. Her lover uh, has been yeah, shot. Yeah, we saw a scene in the party scene where they're making out and it's like, yeah, she's um She's more than just an auntie. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> losing. Which I mean, okay, so it's Tibbet, feel, so it's her husband's nephew. Yeah, I feel they're not blood related, yeah. but it's his auntie. Yeah, it's but still, she's also quite she, well in this movie. She's 
looks a fair bit younger mm. than the dad. She's probably like the second or third wife. Oh, maybe. But there's a there's an maybe she got married off at fourteen too. Yeah, to some, some old dude. To an old dude. But yeah, she is bereft. She mm-hmm. is falling apart, and she mm-hmm. is. Demanding Romeo's blood. I think this movie, uh, I had a realisation at this point where I was like, oh, no, I think this movie is why I just generally find men with a bit of blood on their face sexy. <laughs> this movie's fault. Imprinted at an early age. The prince isn't having any of it. He's not going to just kill Romeo, but he is going to exile him and then if he comes back, then because, it's fair game. Because he wants to stop the cycle of blood, you know. He's right. Okay, no, enough's enough. Um. So then Romeo is getting stitched up and bandaged by Friar Lawrence. Lawrence. So then Romeo finds out he's going to be banished when he's being stitched up by Friar Lawrence who then gets to have another um, dream sequence montage explainer of the first one is better because literally then Pete Postlethwaite is filmed talking to camera, explaining his plan to us while it all happens in a montage behind him and it's like, Green screen, bit of green screen, bit of green screen, and it happens again where he explains. No, sorry, when he explains in his own mind, he doesn't tell Leo the poison part. He only explains the. Don't worry, you run out of town. You go to Mantua, and I'll I'll call you. A fun part. I've seen this on Twitter. A couple of people who are um, English teachers. Something that contemporary students understand better, maybe than we did at the time, is in the play. They can't get the message to Romeo and Mantua because of plague. Ah, a plague stops the post. Right. And that's yeah, something in this that, one mm, is just because he's playing baseball. They and just, yeah, the messengers him. don't get to him. Well, really, they could have, like, and then Balthazar, like, gets down. We're jumping ahead here, but he gets mm. runs down to tell him the news. Because Balthazar and, sees the, mm, but yeah. But, like, why didn't Friar Lawrence just go to Balthazar to begin with and say, hey, take this, le- why trust the post? Yeah. Just get his foot servant to mm. do it. Which is where I think actually having it as the plague is kind of more useful. Yes. I understand why in 1996 that wouldn't have flown, but now, now, now you could be like, because that's it, teaching it to contemporary students, they're like, ah, oh, I actually do have first-hand experience of how this is a problem. Yeah. Why our, packages take <laughs> su- supply chain <laughs> problems? Six weeks to arrive instead of whatnot. So he's with Friar Lawrence. The nurse comes to get him and takes him back to Juliet. Um, though he enters via the window and soaking wet. So, <laughs> And Juliet's really upset because then she's like, she's gone from, oh, this day is so long. When will my hot husband show up? And then immediately it's like, oh, and then he, he just murdered my cousin and I'm having a lot of feelings about this. Yeah. But then he comes through the window dripping wet water. Yeah. And that's that's why. I feel like this is that, that TikTok. Look, this is my hair wet. This is my hair wet, wet. <laughs> <laughs> So they have their first and last night together. Yeah. It's very sweet. It is very sweet. Apparently it was like the first um, scene they had to film together too. Well, that is incredibly awkward. <laughs> That's rough. Back in the 90s it was called an icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oh, I really feel for actors who have to, you know, if you've got basically someone who is in a small role and they're only, they're only on set for like a day or two, 
and it will be like a, a kissing scene or a love scene. It's like, that is rough where you come in and you may have never met this person. It's like, hi, hi, make out with them. It's like, that's yeah, full a on. weird job. I know, it is a weird job. So basically then we, I don't know, a day or two passes. Romeo gets out of town. Juliet is, I guess, grieving both for Tibble and for her husband being banished. Paris is Dave. Dave Paris is still pushing his marriage plan. Well, the the dad is. Well, the like, dad is. I think yeah. it's the night. It's the night. So Juliet's upstairs oh, with Romeo. Downstairs, Paris has arrived at the house with flowers for mm. condolences, and they're like, "No, she won't come down." And it's then it's kind of like planned. It's pr- planned pretty soon, isn't it? It's going to be Thursday. Like, I don't know what day of the week it was. Probably Tuesday. I was trying to actually – I was thinking about the timeline. If the party is like Friday or Saturday because it wouldn't be Sunday because Catholic Town Uh and Monday just seems unlikely even in the ages. So probably Friday night. So So probably Friday night. married on the Saturday. Yeah. Because it wasn't a Sunday mass day or anything. No, yeah. So the church um, was free. Well, in like hardcore Catholic towns, they do mass multiple times a day. But anyway – which is why the friar was going yeah, down to do true. mass. Okay. But anyway, but yeah, the, <laughs> the church was free is the point. Um, so then he gets exiled. So I would be guessing this is like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, it's pretty and quick so then it's turnaround. Like, okay, cool. You're going to get married Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. And she's like not having it. Um, her dad like sh- like oh, slaps her around. Yeah, re- well, really short of beating yeah. her really. Yeah. Shoves her around. Her mum is like... I'm done with you if you won't do this because it's yeah. – her parents are pretty awful. The nurse is immediately on board with bigamy and is like, hey, your first husband's gone now. Maybe it'll work out with the second husband. He it'll seems be fine. nice. Yeah, he seems nice. I mean, she's but not I get wrong, it. But I get it too. He seems nice. She probably would be happy. He'd probably – he's a nice guy. Yeah. She probably would end up having a pretty nice, okay life. Possibly. Um. And I think it's also the, the, the from the nurse's perspective that's self-preservation. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. Setting it in a contemporary um, situation robs some of that understanding of how little independence and freedom mm. women had. Like when yeah. this play well, is originally says, set. You are mine. I will give you to my friend. Exactly. She has no. You don't a, have a say in it, love. Yeah, no, she has no say. She has no freedom. She is property being handed off. Mm. Juliet goes to Friar Lawrence yes. to she well she says to the nurse what she's going to do is go and say confession for upsetting her father. Yeah, so she goes to Friar Lawrence for help. And this is my cosplay outfit. <gasps> yes. And as soon as I saw it, I went, yeah, this is what I would wear. Yeah. And then I realized it is very, very similar to my last cosplay outfit in <laughs> Gone Girl. And then I was like. <laughs> Well, I really need to get online and buy myself this outfit. Yes, you do. It is. And the beret, like it's yes. great. She's got the gloves. Yes. Uh, it's perfect for Sunday church. Sunday church morning <laughs> confession type cute yeah. outfit. She runs into Paris and he's kind of like, hey, so we're going to get married on Thursday. Like have this kiss and hang on to it for me. It's like, oh, <laughs> Paris, you're gross. You're trying too hard. And then she fully goes into meltdown mode. And I do not long to speak, I long to die. And she's he pointing out a, gun a gun at her head. Friar Lawrence has another, we have another trip into green the Friar screen, Lawrence yep. green screen uh, mind palace. 
um, where he makes the, the sorry, CSI Friar Lawrence <laughs> <laughs> is what I wrote down for the next scene. So he's like, cool, no, Julia, I've got a plan. I know all about plants. It's okay. It's all good. He does. And so he explains, okay, I've got this plant extract. <laughs> yeah, that from doesn't some make plant. it sound as good. I've got, but it will make it seem like you're dead, but actually you'll just sleep for two or three days. I can't remember. 24 hours. I'm 24 pretty sure it's bang on 24 hours. You should have. I guess we needed longer, so, but again, the play has to end badly. They told us at the start. So it's a tragedy. Yeah. It's a tragedy. You're going to take this the night before, so Wednesday night. And so then you don't get married. They'll find you on the morning of your wedding and you'll seem dead long enough for us to do a church service. Yeah, we'll lay you I out. will tell Romeo my plan and he'll come back and then you can run away together. Mm-hmm. And so then we see that play out. She, her mother bids her adieu, like says yeah. goodnight. And Juliet um, is in really cute pyjamas. Yeah, very cute pyjamas. And takes the potion and... Uh-huh. The potion. <laughs> Well, it's in a little potion <laughs> bottle. It feels potion-y. It's more potion than poison, I guess, at yeah. this point. And we have CSI F- Friar Lawrence where he shows up with the ambulance <laughs> and, and he hides. <laughs> he steals the little bottle back so no one sees what's happened. Oh, my I God. I love it. Did he have to get there, like, to, to pretend, like, yes, I come and wake the bride to be able to find – like, if someone found her dead, why wasn't the potion bottle why still Why was he there? there with the ambulance and no one's paying any attention anyway? That's why I feel that he, like, fa- found her. He it was the is, one that found yeah, her. it's weird, isn't it? Pete Postlethwaite was a wonderful actor yes. and I, I've always loved him in this yeah. role. Because the thing is, Friar Lawrence kind of fucks up the whole time. Oh, I know. But he has the gravitas and – integrity and I guess the hopefulness about what he can fix in this society with uh-huh. this marriage that you you believe in him trying and it doesn't he doesn't feel like a bumbling idiot he's just a, a tool of circumstance yeah but um he was an amazing actor this is they're not I don't think ever in a scene together but they're both in Inception which was his last film oh wow yeah. which I only really realized watching this this week oh. that oh they were both in Inception. It's another great Leo movie. Uh, look, Shutter Island. This I've got if you want it, so oh many God, Leo movies don't. up my sleeve. If you've got to space it this out, no Street. more than three a year, Amy. <laughs> you've had your three. You have to wait a couple more months at least. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. I'll so, see if I can do it. Anyway, I'll just jump on the Jake bandwagon instead. Then the Friar Lawrence. So CSI Friar Lawrence, and then they have a, a church service. And that's where uh, Balthazar shows up and then gets spooked by one of the other priests and runs away without mm, finding Friar out, getting to happening. tell him what happened. So he yeah. only knows the first part of um, the plot that Juliet appears to be dead. Yeah. And look, it's very effective. Everyone believes it. So then we have. Um, Which is such an oversight for Friar Lawrence not to have just directly gone to Balthazar to before send the message. Yeah. When yeah, it to, happened. Yeah. To get the message. Before. To yeah. Romeo, he could have. He should have been Wednesday the one night. to do the message back and forth. It's this is one of those stories that is ruined a little bit by phones existing. Yeah, because we feel it's so easy. But also, and but it the, would have been worse if we had mobile phones. phones. They, they don't have don't mobile have, phones. No, and we never see a phone in this. Like it's I one just, of those contemporaries. It was you know this that, time yeah. is the only time I've watched it that I'm just like when he quickly got in the car and like drove there within like an hour, and I was yeah. like. Well, why wasn't he doing that last night? Why didn't why Friar didn't they Lawrence just... drive out there? Oh, Get the other priest to take mass. I know. Anyway. 
Anyway. Not the, to be. But the point is when you're in the story, you're just over, it's, you're overwhelmed by it and it's all. Mm-hmm. This is a great look for Leo, though, when he finds out and he's um, got, like, the open Hawaiian shirt and he's crying, yelling, screaming at the sky. It's the Leo that's presented on my T-shirt yeah. today. We'll put a picture up. This is another part of the movie that always just made me go, <laughs> When Leo, when Balthus like rocks up and mm. Leo runs up to him, he says, how doth my lady? And he has the, he says it a few times and it's like, it just, the lisp happening of the word doth is just, how doth my lady? <laughs> like I just can't. <laughs> how doth my lady? Anyway. Aww. And then he gets just heartbroken and has yeah. a bit of a scream. Yeah, he's such a good crier. They're bo- no, and because Claire Danes such is a good quite famously in Homeland has the most amazing cry face. Like they mm. are both such good cry actors mm. that it was perfect for this. They are mm-hmm. both. He's excellent. Leo heads back to Verona, and they the work music out. here. Yeah, is very strictly boring. It is. It is so strictly boring. It is. I want to do a side-by-side at some point because it might just be in my head that they're so similar, but it might actually be similar. The music of this part where the when he's going back to Verona and like there's the helicopter, like they've spotted him or there's been a tip-off that he's coming back in and because he's exiled, there's helicopters around and stuff. It's very similar to In Strictly Ballroom when Scott is making up the dance at the start of the movie. When he's upstairs by himself and being a bit of a rebel, making yeah. up his own steps. That tension. Mm. Mm. Okay, we'll have to put them together. They're probably completely different. <laughs> well, we'll have to watch them and find – and look, we'll never speak of it again if they weren't. But if they were, we'll make a video essay. <laughs> so we don't have the part where he kills Paris. That's, that doesn't happen, mm. which I'm fine with. It's a choice. But he does – the. Priest who spooked Balthazar unfortunately has like instant karma balance of then having um, a gun held to his head yeah. as Leo uses him as a human shield. Yeah. It's terrible. But I'm, just I prior be laughing. to that happening, Leo, Romeo does go back to our apothecary and get oh, mate. his drugs. Yes. And it's this, it's like a tiny vial mm. of urine coloured liquid. It's a gross <laughs> colour. Yeah, that's right. He's like, I need poison that will be extremely effective. Mm. And that guy's like, I don't want to sell you that. And then, and like, you know, you will I pay your poverty, not your conscience and blah, mm. blah, blah. Goes to the church. Um, the cops are shooting at him. Prince is like, hold fire. Like, don't. Because you might accidentally shoot a priest. And then he yeah. goes into the church and it is beautiful. And we've got oh. fire. We've got some candles and neon. And it's... The neon is spectacular. You know what it reminded me of? <laughs> Which like the reference goes the other way. Dark mofo midwinter feast. The last uh, time I was down there in 2017. Okay. I will find the and neon show you and floral around I'll floral. Show you a picture and I'll put that it? up on the Insta. But, yeah, it is. It's all of the candlelight and neon. Amazing. But I remember that at the time just being stunned by the contemporary beauty of this scene. Yeah. And And we hadn't seen anything kind of like it before. Yeah. And knowing we're about to get our heart broken in such a Mm. beautiful space. Mm. Just the turmoil of being in the cinema at that age. Oh, this all well, I still cried 26 out. years later. Yeah. 
This also then reminded me of Hot Fuzz because they do <laughs> Romeo and Juliet in Hot Fuzz and they're both costumed. Yeah, they're in those costumes. And then they sing Love well, Full at maybe. the end. We need to do a bit of a deep dive when we do Hot Fuzz because I'm sure we will eventually oh, yeah. do Hot Fuzz yeah. um, because it's been up. I reckon I've almost picked it a couple of times but then picked something else. I love that movie so but much. We need to deep dive what, uh, how much Sean Pegg, it's Sean Pegg, isn't it? How much Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg, how much Simon Pegg kind of. And Edgar Wright, how much they took. How much there. they, yeah, that's so interesting. Because it would have only been like 10 years later. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so sorry. Hot Fuzz came up a lot more than I was expecting. Yeah, I didn't make any Hot Fuzz comparisons, but I'm glad you have. And I loved it. It really threw me watching this because they change it up because I'm sitting there thinking how this is the saddest thing I've ever seen. This is so sad. And they made it worse because in the play, Romeo comes and he says he's soliloquy and he takes his poison and dies and then Juliet awakes. Mm. That is not quite how it plays no, out here. It's, yeah, it's more tragic. It is more upsetting. While he's talking, she comes to. So, and it's so frustrating watching because he's mm-hmm. holding her hand and her fingers are moving, but he's so grief stricken that he can't feel it. Yeah. Um, doesn't see her stir. Doesn't know. And I guess she's a, like, it'd be slow to wake up from being paralyzed because yeah. it, it's a, like she's had something to paralyse her. Um, so she's a little bit slow on the uptake and then as he lifts the vial to his lips, she touches his face and he still takes the poison. Yeah, it's the split second it too late. It is like, oh, it's horrific and painful to watch, isn't it? It's genius. Oh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It is. Because he instantly grabs her, like she touches his face, and he, he like has just taken, and he grabs her hand. The horror, and on he's his face. dying. Yeah, that it's it's too late. Yep. So he he dies, yeah. <laughs> and then they've cut all of Juliet's, um, al- no, almost all of Juliet's lines after that. Mm. Well, she just kind of says, "No, you, you've left no poison." For me on your lips. Yeah. Um, and then she takes her gun or his, his gun, gun, takes his gun. And it's shot beautifully mm. how um, she – it pans up so we're above them at yeah. this point. And um, she looks up like directly into the camera with the gun to her head. And then as she pulls the trigger, the shot changes. So yeah. it's done so – it's done superbly. Yeah. Um, so it's not graphic. No, and then like we see her slump, and you you see a little bit of blood splatter that's hit over Romeo, and then we cut to the aftermath. Yeah, basically, well, we, we get a montage of oh, their moments. Them, yeah, with beautiful music of them meeting and mm. the pool in the pool, and yeah. Yeah. And then we cut And that's to when the you family. really sob. Maybe yeah. I don't remember that part. <laughs> it's not at the forefront of my mind because I'm like, whoa, oh, oh, oh. I know. Yeah. It's I beautiful. mean, that, no, that, I didn't cry this time, but I, I'm pretty confident I did the first time I saw it. And then, yeah, we cut to the families being told by mm-hmm. Captain Prince that you did this to yourselves. All are punished. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
And then we have we cut back to the TV. And a beautiful Radiohead song. Which was written for. Yes. And which tells the story of what would have happened, how it could have gone if they just bolted. Mm. And Such um, a good song. But it's not on the Romeo and Juliet album. It only no. got released on OK Computer. Yeah. Oh, still God, annoys me to this such day. Such a good album. <laughs> and then that's it. Yeah. And it's beautiful and you're left, oh, That is shattered. the story of, what, how does how's the last line go? Never was a tale to, of more woe. Than that of Juliet and her Romeo. Yeah. Aw. Still thinking about Hot though. So we did it. We did tell a bunch of our stories. Um one of the things I learned reading the Harold Perrineau interview was that ac- other actors who auditioned for Mercutio, that it was quite an open casting. Like they were looking for, you know, like actor in this age range, like uh-huh. no other details. Ewan McGregor and Christian Bale wow. also auditioned. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Oh, well, here's a good story for you. On the night that Paul Rubb, Rudd, on the night that Paul Rudd wrapped his scenes, he's not in a hell of a lot of scenes, he's but not, he's in no. a few scenes. Yeah, um, him and Leo were going to a bar to kind of have a drink to celebrate. So Leo must have been twenty-one. Let, it's Mexico. I don't know what their age oh, of drinking yeah, is. Who knows? Well, they were going to a bar, and they're in the back of a cab. And um, this is a story that Paul Rudd's told on Graham Norton before. Oh, cool! So, and they're in the back of the, their cab, and. Leo mentions, oh, I've just had this call from my agent. Um, They're going to offer me this part. It's about the Titanic. I don't know if I should do it. (gasps) OMG. It's it's like going to be a big deal. It's probably the Mm. biggest role that I'll take. Because, look, Romeo and Juliet is up there with a – like Romeo is a massive role for Leo, but it was the catalyst for him. It wasn't a massive role – when he took it. And it wasn't but a I lot of money. But I think he knew that Titanic, like that had, like this had 15 million, you said. Titanic probably had millions and millions and millions. Like I can't remember, over but I believe it was the most expensive movie ever made at that, at that time, time in history. Yeah, and, and I believe that. nominated, the Oscar nomination for What's Eating Gilbert Grape came around, around there. this time. So he yeah. was hot property. But was, was he going to make the leap to stardom? Yes. And money? Yeah, and so he was a bit like, I don't know if I can do it. It's probably a bit bigger than me. Now, Paul Rudd's dad is an expert on the Titanic. Like like he's a professor and goes around giving lectures about the Titanic. So Paul Rudd was like, oh, no, the Titanic's amazing. Like you need need to do this movie. So there you go. And it did start the Leo and Kate Winslet supremacy. Yes. So – Thank you, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I love that. Well, that was a ride. I loved that. It was that. a ride. I loved really it. Really enjoy that movie. It really is in my top three. Mm. Cemented. I can't even remember what my number one was. But So, Kate, what are we doing next time? So, there's a movie that's been on my list for a Called while. Hot Fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> I almost changed my mind during this episode <laughs> and Hot Fuzz is on the list. Should we? Why not? All right, we're doing hot fuzz. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't what I picked. We'll see the Save movie that, that I picked. It's like, look, I've got a, I've got a list of about seventy. So movies. do I. And hot fuzz is on mine. And so hot I'll fuzz be happy. has always been on it. 
Bugger it, we're doing Hot Fuzz. Woohoo! That was easy. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. You can contact us at our website, youwatchwhat.net. Uh, you watch what podcast on Insta. Um, look, give us a Google. Get in touch if you've got any feedback. Yeah. Um, I love hearing from you and if you've got any suggestions or anything. But just, yeah, pop by and say hi. Tell your friends. Rate us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Um, recommend us. It's, it's both good ways for us to find a new audience. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Ambiguity and ambiguity and ambiguity. Ambiguity. Amb- let me just cut Yeah, yeah we're gonna get a clean one. <laughs> say it again. Ambiguity. Ambiguity. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> ambiguity. 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 Ambiguity.